0: I am very happy and uh, very honored to be uh, joined here by Minnesota's senior U.S. Senator, Senator Amy Klobuchar. Good morning, Senator. How are you?
1: Well, good morning, Rob. I am really, really good. I am uh, excited that you're, uh, no one can really fill in for Joel, but you have a radio voice, that's for sure. I will try my best to meet
0: it. Hmm? It's not my first rodeo and i'm not i'm not definitely not to the level of joel Heidkamp, but at least i've done it once or twice so um yeah we're, we're, i don't
1: think you want to be to the level of joel Heidkamp though either
0: <laughs> fair fair enough so uh, before we start again i i, I want to just tell one quick little story here so so you know i i'm obviously a new senator and 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 i'm still always sometimes amazed at the world i walk in and so right was not long after I was elected. I was at the Minnesota Farm Bureau meeting and Senator Klobuchar was speaking uh, to the Farm Bureau. And then afterwards, I was out in the hall and and you came out to me and you knew who I was. And I was like, oh my gosh, Senator Klobuchar knows who I am. I was like, how did this happen? <laughs> oh, so just- well,
1: you know, I think one of the things about when you're in the US Senate, sometimes people get so distant, and they are out in Washington and just seeing people there, and they don't, they lose touch with what people really are thinking about in their state. And that's one of the reasons this year I visited all 87 counties, uh, which I often do, and um, was uh, able to be actually up in your area, your district, a number of times. We're excited about all those projects, uh, what's going on in Moorhead with the underpass, Finally, 11 tries, we were able to get uh, the federal funding of the um, 26 million. and then we also um, have worked really, really hard on that water project, Center Hoven and Kramer and Senator Smith and I. and we finally got that done as well. So that's very, very exciting. And um, working on AG and you don't you can't really be on the ag committee as you know with your work. Mm-hmm. Um, both at the state and federal unless you understand what's on the minds of farmers and what's really happening.
0: Yes. And, and that is, you know, being on the state ag committee, it is, it's really important uh, that you go out and you talk to those farmers because those are the boots on the ground. And uh, that's who you want to hear from. Cause that's, I, you know, in the perfect world, that's who are all our ag policies are are there, you know, to help are those, those farmers who are out doing the work.
1: I have a very funny memory of going up to actually, to Detroit Lakes to meet with Colin when I was first running for the Senate with Colin Peterson, who's I just saw recently in his good spirits, uh, as, you know, served the area for a long, long time. Anyway, he knew everything about ag, and I went up there and I met with him in a diner, and I had memorized all this stuff about countercyclical cyclical payments and everything else to show him I could, even though I was from the suburbs and the metro, that I could do the, you know, I could do the farm bill And he's looked at me finally and he goes, You know what? This stuff is so like in the weeds that only 11 people understand it. (laughs) And he goes, And 10 of them live in North Dakota. (laughs) (laughs) And I came to realize later that the 11th one was him. Okay. (laughs) Um, And so, in any case, it is important to learn all of it. But it's also important, as you're saying to get what's happening, like how's the weather affecting things now and what does it mean with what um, another country is doing, what happens with Brazil or Mexico on sugar, or, you know, what's going on with dairy prices, what does that mean? So I've really tried, or Canada with cattle, uh, tried really hard to relate what their individual experiences are to what we can actually get done. And if you've got, you know, trouble with border crossings to Canada with a bunch of cars and trucks, that are backed up, that's going to be problem for trade. And so those are the kinds of things I try to work on the practical things that people ask you to do.
0: So while we're talking about the farm bill here, let, let's um, just curious. So we've got, you know, we've got this now extension on the farm bill till next September. Um, so yep. so what does it mean um, to not, you know, obviously the Farm bill was done five years ago. What does, I mean, what are the implications for not, you know, updating it? And because things obviously, you know, things changed from half a decade ago to to now. So what what are the implications for this next year of things that, you know, didn't get updated?
1: Okay, There's two big implications. The first is what you're talking about, the updating. So every time, every five years, we look at the farm bill. And we think, okay, what's worked in it? And a lot of things work right now because it's gotten so much better from those days back at what they called freedom to farm, which was quite a disaster way, way, way back. And each year, each five years now, I think it's gotten better. But we know there's things that need to change. We're still seeing avian flu across the state. We need to do even more. Senator Cornyn, Republican of Texas, and I updated that so we got more funding in this last time with avian flu. We have to do more. There's still dairy farmers struggling. Um, and there's some adjustments that we can make uh, there. Um, the sugar program's working well, and we want to keep it strong, but there's always a tax on that, and I'm always out there defending it. Biofuels, I want to see year-round. Um, we right now have to get a waiver for the summer when it comes to E15. Um, so that's something that I'm working on. And you can just kind of go through each area, and there's improvement. That all being said, you get to the second problem. Yeah, we got a year extension. That was the right thing to do. But the problem is it'll be then after the election. We don't know who's going to be running Congress. You're in a current time of uncertainty. And there's nothing that our rural communities and farmers hate more than uncertainty. And that's why I would rather lock in on a five-year farm bill now with the people we have, you know, and get it done. We know bill Sack understands ag. It's the... Um, as our Ag Secretary, um, and it's from the Midwest, that's helpful. So getting some things done right now and getting this farm bill locked in, you can always make changes later if you want. If uh, something particular comes up, nothing stops you from doing that. But why not get the base bill locked in now? So it's really two things, updating, important, and then making sure we have that certainty for five years. That's the case I'm making. Yeah.
0: And you're right, absolutely, about the, you know, the uncertainty baked in. I know when um, even, oh, back in October, I was out in Western North Dakota, and I was talking to some ranchers and it was at that whole time with, the, you wouldn't even think about this, like the government shutdown, they were all concerned about how the government shutdown was going to affect the beef price market. And, and you're like sure. you, you, those, those, it's just even anything that's uncertain. Obviously the weather's always the big uncertainty, but you know, those, if we can relay, you know, we can set in, into stone, you know, what the government's going to do. That that so much, you know, makes planning a whole lot easier for people going forward.
1: Exactly. And, you know, I've had both Senator Stabenow and Senator Bozeman out to Minnesota. Senator Bozeman, Republican leader on the Ag Committee, Senator Stabenow, Democratic. Um, and they both come out. And I have uh, made our case about our particular Minnesota concerns. You know, we're number one for sugar beets. Um, we are... Um, um, number one for turkeys I always love saying that yeah. um, but we have a lot of hogs. you know we're strong when it comes to sweet corn and there's just a number of commodities um and and production that's really important to us so uh, we have labor issues you know we've got to make sure we have more visas work permits so that we have enough workers um that's something I hope we can resolve in this next A bill that we're working on right now with some much-needed changes to border security also could come some changes to legal immigration um, when it comes to work permits and visas in the ag ag area. So that's something we're working on literally now that we don't have to wait on the farm bill to do. But as I've told both Senator Stabenow and Senator Bozeman, Minnesota needs this farm bill, and as does North Dakota now.
0: Sure. And is there any any talk of, you know, uh, including other crops into the crop insurance part of of the ag bill? I know, the, you know, that's even I know one thing I've heard from some producers is there's like some of those particular those those, you know, farm to table crops that they'd kind of like to get included in some of this. Yeah.
1: Right. So we have done a lot with fruits and vegetables and um, really included them. There's a title for them in the first time for these what we call specialty crops. Um, but we're seeing more and more of it, and so there's always some improvements we can make there because that's a relatively new thing, as well as farmers markets and some of the farm table issues that you just raised. um, That's a big part of our work. We've got hemp going now, right? That's something else, especially in um, central and northern Minnesota and in the North Dakota region that has potential because it depends on the growing seasons and and what works for him. So you're also seeing that. So there are a lot of um, things that we can do to update. And um, I'm been able, and we've been able, and especially with um, the Midwestern senators, um, also incorporate um, conservation. Senator Thune and I from South Dakota have worked extensively on um, some of the issues um, with conservation and hunting and um, making sure that we use some of the tools we have uh, with cover crops um, in the prairie pothole states and the like to make sure that we can conservation can work at the same time as our uh, ag portions of the bill because our farmers are good stewards of the land, and we need to make sure there's incentives in place with the CRP, which is the Conservation Reserve Program, and the CSB, and the EQIP program. Um, to make sure those remain strong in the farm bill. And he and I have worked together on a lot of that.
0: All right. I want to change gears here uh, on move off the farm bill because um, you've got another bill, a proposal that I think is near and dear to some people that are definitely in this building It's the proposal to keep <laughs> AM radios in our cars.
1: Exactly. And this is something that brings together the likes of Ted Cruz and Bernie Sanders, something you don't always <laughs> see in the Senate Um I am uh, second-highest ranking now, right now in the uh, Commerce Committee, um, as well as the Ag Committee, which I will most likely chair in the coming Congress, which is exciting. But on the Commerce Committee, this bill on radio could not be more important. You literally have car manufacturers right now because they're making deals with those big tech companies. um, And they are saying, you know what, we don't even think we'll offer AM radio. And you think about the thousands of AM radio stations that serve people every day. That's how they find out the high school football score. That's how they find out what the weather's going to be. That's how they get their crop reports. And to cut AM radio out and make it inaccessible by vehicle, um, it would just be a very bad for the fabric of our communities and actually for the economies in rural America. So what our bill says is, yes, you have to keep um, – offering AM radio, don't say you're updating all these cars and then take away the one thing that so many people like in rural America and that you can't charge extra for it. You know, act like it's some kind of sunroof or something when you've been getting it for free forever.
0: So I'll I'll put on my meteorologist cap here too, because the other thing is, is that for storm reports or for, you know, for severe weather, for getting that message out there. The thing about AM radio that is so much that's better than FM radio is that that signal carries a much longer distance. So, and I know this, even from my, you know, having traveled back and forth from, from St. Paul to Moorhead. And if I'm trying to keep the twins on the radio, I'm on that AM dial trying to find those AM stations that have that long range. So, so that is, you know, and a public safety issue, the fact that that AM signal can carry much further. And when you're out in a rural area and you are you see a storm, uh, maybe, you know, maybe your cell phone is not doesn't even have a connection out there. But that AM radio signal is going to keep you up to date on that storm.
1: Exactly. And I have had that same experience when I'm driving around Minnesota. And one of those things that you bring up on the emergency front, because that, that applies not just for twins games, but also on the emergency front is that emergency responders actually use AM radio to communicate with the public because it has that broader reach. And um, seven former, especially if other, you want to have a redundant system, right? So you have other ways to reach people. That's why seven former FEMA administrators who served under Clinton, Bush, Obama, and Trump, you know, as well as Biden supports this, wrote to the Department of Transportation Warning uh, that the removal of AM radio from cars would actually be a public safety threat. Um, so, you have that in addition to convenience, in addition to the art economic argument. So, this got through our um, Commerce uh, Committee uh, with, I think, one dissenting vote, and there's like 20 some senators on there. And now it's headed to the floor. So, we just have to get it done as soon as possible because we are already seeing some of the newer models, including Tesla, Mazda. Volvo and more um, that are starting to drop broadcast AM radio from their newer models. And if we pass the law, they won't be able to do that.
0: And I know even one of my home radios when I bought it and I didn't even realize it, I came and I'm like, there's no AM dial on this radio. It was FM only. So um, yeah, exactly. Did not not really what I want in my car while I'm traveling around. Well, I, I want, no to, I want to be uh, cognizant of your time here. Uh, I want to thank you so much Uh, for taking a few minutes uh, to come and join me. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, Well,
1: Rob, and thank you for your work that you're doing uh, every single day. I just think having your strong voice um, on representing Minnesota and representing rural America is so important because some people just think food magically appears on their table in the Twin Cities. I've been able to, I I see both sides of this, you know, um, uh, and I think it's really important that those of us that have some areas that are, um, you know, more residential as well as um, pure rural and small towns are able to bridge that gap. Um, that's to me what the Minnesota State Fair is about every single day. Yeah, but it's absolutely. about bridging the gap so people understand each other's lives and and we're are able to both politically and economically and civically really unite. Unite our state and, of course, cross the Red River into the great state of North Dakota and unite us there, too.
0: Well, thanks so much. And thanks for all your work, okay. too. Have a great day. Have a happy New right. Year, too, as well. Go forward. Okay.